but she figured on reviewing them at her desk. Work had been dull at Bellis lately, so catching up on mail was a good way to ease into the day. Work at Bellis had always been dull, Jack thought. It just had been even more slow recently than it had been in the past. Guess there isn't a whole lot to secure these days, she thought, grabbing her jacket, which was covered with the words Bellis International Security in large font, encircling an image of a sad-looking blue daisy locked up in chains. Jack hated the Blue Daisy logo that Bella slapped on everything, so she took a perverse pleasure in the security department's version of the design. Jack clomped down the stairs of her building, passing a couple of neighbors along the way. They didn't acknowledge each other at all. Jack had never spoken to any of the other people who lived in her building. Most of the time, everyone had that thousand-yard stare that comes from paying 98% attention to their desktops and 2% attention to the physical world. Given proximity sensors and integrated global positioning and mapping systems, no one really had to pay attention to where they were going. Jack pushed open the front door of the building, an old-school, heavy door made of real glass and wood. There was no doubt that it was the nicest part of the building. The interior was broken into tiny cubicle apartments, just like almost every other building in this city and every other city. Hardly anyone lived in more than 200 square feet of space per person, and many people lived in less. But of all the shitty apartments she could have chosen, Jack liked this one. The building door was cool. You hardly ever saw real wood anymore, and the amenities inside her tiny apartment were thoroughly up to date. As she exited the building, Jack reflexively looked up and down her street. Her neighborhood wasn't known to be particularly dangerous, but there were always people on the streets looking for handouts either by begging or by grabbing. Even though she rarely carried valuables, Jack wasn't about to be accosted. Partly, it was common urban defensiveness, and partly it was years of security training, as Jack scanned her lines of sight, checking for streeters while she moved purposefully down the street toward the train line. Jack owned a second-hand electric scooter that she'd had an old friend of a friend modify to run hybridly on biodiesel for extra distance and speed, but parking was exorbitant everywhere, and Bellis didn't spring for it for a lowly security officer class 5. Only people high up in management, the kind who could afford parking on their own, got to have spots paid for by the firm. So Jack was waiting at the train stop, along with the rest of the downtown workers from her neighborhood. At least the trains were regular and fast. But their users paid the price of the train's efficiency, which is that everyone used them, so they were usually crowded. As the next train whizzed to the stop, a small throng of people surged into its few small doorways, and crammed into the already full cars. Jack found herself wedged between a young-looking woman dressed in fashionable but inexpensive business wear, and an older-looking young man, who was obviously a courier. He had skate shoes on, and they looked well-used, but of excellent quality. Jack could hardly see the propulsion jets at the heels, and couldn't see the wheels at all. She recognized the man as one of the couriers that Bellis Corporate used. His face and body fit her profile for attractiveness, and if Jack had an entirely different temperament, she might have smiled at him. But while she was perfectly happy propositioning someone on the nets, she wasn't about to make an ass of herself on the train. Besides, he was clearly online, his gaze unfocused, but his face cloudy with a look of concentration. The train ride downtown was mercifully short, and Jack was expelled from the car along with a group of several other Bellis employees. 
She walked up to the main entrance to the office and heard the ubiquitous ping of her identity chip being recognized. This sound was immediately followed by another sound, this time of recognition that she was wearing a company-approved uniform. Why they needed to have a chip on her ass when there was a perfectly good chip in her hand, she would never figure out. She picked up a lift and got off on her floor. She walked down the corridor and opened the door to the security room. It sounded more interesting than most of the names in the firm's lobby directory, but it was really just another cube farm. She walked past a pair of identical cubicles until she reached the cube she shared with the night guy, Jill. Bella's security was around the clock operation, and each cubicle was shared by two staffers. They liked to keep a third of the cubes empty at any given time for cleaning staff and corporate monitors to visit them. Jack suspected that the person who made up the cube assignments had a special sense of humor, putting her with Jill. The falling down and breaking her crown jokes had just about finished, and they'd been sharing the desk for almost three years.